So there's life after addiction. When you hit that second layer of recovery, that's level two, that means you're responsible for identifying and evaluating every relationship that you're in. And then you get the opportunity to design the life and the people around you that you want. But not without communication, not without boundaries, and not without transforming the way you've always been. So let's learn how to love clean. Okay, so do me a favor. I want you to look at five relationships in your life. They can either be five relationships of your romantic partners, five friends, family members, or even kind of a mixture of all. Now, when you're looking at these relationships, what roles did you play in them? There should be a common theme where you showed up the exact same way for a handful of people. And what we're going to do is we're going to start to identify what your common theme is, what your pattern is in your relationships. And once we can start to identify, then we can move into evaluating. And after we've evaluated it, we can decide what are the changes we want to have and what's our outcome? What, what's our overall goal for how we want our relationships to change? And so... It would be very easy if everybody just had this knowledge because when we stop using drugs, we stop drinking, or we're trying to resist a behavioral relapse, there's everything else that we have to deal with, all these day-to-day interactions, and it's extremely difficult to change the way we've been interacting in relationships Uh, after we get sober. I mean, just because you get clean doesn't mean everybody else has to change. And in fact, they don't. You're the only one that changes. I'm going to cover some definitions so that we can establish a common ground um, and build off of it. There's this thing called emotional imprinting. And when we have a relationship with a specific person, each time we meet with them, there's some sort of energetic exchange that happens. And this is proven in the quantum field, quantum science now, um, where our body has an electromagnetic field around it. And in the spiritual world, we call them vibrations. And so there's different levels of your vibrations where it matches with a specific emotion. Every time I'm talking about vibrations, it's attached to an emotional thought pattern. For instance, if you have very low self-esteem thoughts, I would say that's a lower vibration and it's coupled with a thought pattern that always goes with those feelings. So I'm not good enough. They're not going to pick me. I'm not pretty enough. My body doesn't look nice enough. I'm not smart enough. There's a handful of these thoughts and it doesn't really matter what you think comes first if it's the thought or the emotion what matters is the relationship between the two and so this is important because when i'm talking about emotional imprinting with the relationships and the people that we see regularly it's because of this field how we imprint and so there must have been a time in your life where you walked into a store or you went into a group setting And you just knew that someone was in a bad mood. And you're like, "Mm, I'm just not going to 
you know, I don't want to stand by this person. I don't want to talk with this person. I mean, they seem something's off. Well, what's happening is that their energetic field is vibrating one of their stronger patterns, which might be anger. It might be hostility. It might be sadness. Your body, when we come close enough, my body will pick up that vibration. And in my mind, I'll recognize it. I'll create that template within myself and then I'll feel angry or I'll feel scared or whatever emotion that that other person is experiencing. So my vibration will mirror it and create a template from my past experiences. And because that template comes up in my energy field, my mind creates a story for it. Now, the story that I create is based on my past experiences and the story doesn't really matter as much. What matters is that our vibrations align. And so it's important that we do that because it's a defense mechanism and it's a survival instinct. Because what we are basically trying to decide is if that person is stable or if they're about to fly off the handle. Now we have these exchanges with everything. And the first time you meet, you get an imprint, right? Like you send your vibrational pattern, your signature, if you will, which your signature is made up of a bunch of different patterns that you have locked onto or held or ones that have just been heightened experiences. So that could have been a very memorable, happy moment or a terrifying one. They're just big events that has happened in your life that shape the way you view things. And so all those mixed together create a signature. And when we're meeting new people, we imprint that signature on the other person um, and vice versa. And so there are some people that I run into that I absolutely love. I adore them. I'm like, you are cool. I don't know why I love you, but it comes, I mean, I do know why it comes down to their emotional imprinting on me. And I really enjoy or like or crave or attract that type of higher energetic state. Why is this important? Don't worry, this information will get easier to swallow, but it's very new. I mean, you don't hear a lot of people talking about the energy and the emotional side of changing your relationships and why you get stuck in cycles that are unproductive, right? So if you need to re-listen to this a couple times, that's fine. And when I said the emotional side, what I really mean is the vibrational side. The vibrational side of human interactions are really easy to shortcut. And when we can start to identify situations as patterns and not own them as our mistakes or that we're bad people, it creates a lot of room and flexibility for different success, right? It's easy to follow orders and it's easy to get stuck in patterns because that's the way things have always been. But when we create a little bit more room, it gives us the option to expand into who we want to be. For instance, if I am from a broken home and I attract abusive relationships and I have very low self-esteem, claiming that makes it almost impossible to overcome it and to change and to attract healthy and happy relationships and fulfilling and strong confidence, right? Like the intention should be to gain confidence, clarity, and connection, right? And so 
it's hard to do that if we're identifying as someone who doesn't deserve it. So what am I talking about here? I'm saying that the way we feel and the way we think creates patterns. And those patterns exist in our energetic field outside our body. And when we interact with other people, we have an energetic exchange that takes place. And for both parties, we get used to that energetic exchange. And so if it's a long-lasting relationship, what happens is that if we want to change the way we're interacting together, we have to address the pattern that's been sustaining for so long. And how do you do that? There's a couple different strategies, but... It's impossible to address a relationship without addressing your own energetic vibrational patterns. And this comes from childhood. This comes from any heightened experiences that we may have had that left a mark on us or that, like I said earlier, shaped the way we view things. How exactly do we do that? Well, you could start by asking a couple questions. You know, what is important to me? What do I value? And it's like, okay, how do you even know that? Well, let's start asking a couple simple questions. Looking at those relationships that you found, uh, that you chose to identify at the beginning of the podcast, what was something in common that all of the relationships had um, that you enjoyed? That you enjoyed. You know, a lot of inner child work or spiritual work, I have quotations, spiritual work, um, they focus in on the negative experiences and negative healing. Some would even say that it's unnecessary and it creates more damage because you get into a situation and you re-traumatize yourself um, just to validate it or to acknowledge it. Um, It's unnecessary. There's other ways to go around it. And so... I'm going to teach you. When you're looking back at those previous relationships that I asked you to identify, in all of those, what are three things that you really enjoy? Three things that you enjoy showing up for other people. So make a list or just think about it. And then when you have a couple ideas or maybe you just have one, why do you like it? And I don't care why you like it and nobody else cares why you like it, but it's important for you to know why you like it because it's going to start to refine what you're doing here and what's going to fill your heart up and really your motivation behind anything that you do. Because we have all the information. The information is in our body. Our body lights up when we're doing something we love. And it's important for you to know what you like and what you love so that you can give back to the earth, give back to other people, and have happy, healthy relationships. Um, Because in turn, that's going to show the younger generations what those healthy relationships look like. For me, I did not have any role models around me. And so, you know, I think it contributed to the deep hole that I found myself in because I found it at a really young age. And so I've had to do a lot of work to crawl out of it. And that's what I want everybody to know is that, yeah, you can get out of it, but there's a way to make it so that the future generations don't even have to go down that deep tunnel. Um, But it's going to take everybody's participation here. Okay, so what are we doing? Find three relationships that were 
co-creating, co-existing with, right? We're going to look at those three relationships and we're going to identify what is the pattern between them. And then we're going to excuse ourselves from that thought. We're going to start a new thought. We're going to say, what are the things that I do in each relationship that I thoroughly enjoy? Leave that aside. Now look at all your other relationships. How are you showing up for everybody else? How are they showing up for you? And that's a good question. And you might be like, oh my God, why do I have so many people that are showing up in this way that I don't enjoy or that doesn't honor me or that doesn't add any true value to what I care about? And this is fine. You're supposed to be honest here because there are so many people that are running on programs and they aren't doing the work or even asking these simple questions that I'm asking you to ask. This is a time where you really need to get honest. I would grab a book, you know, a journal, and jot these questions down and start to look at your standards in the people around you. You know, how are you allowing and accepting people to treat you? And that's going to be a really good indication of what are your biggest insecurities. And this is going to be big because you will realize that people are walking around treating you with very little conscious effort and they're running on their own patterns, right? So if they're running on their own patterns, it doesn't really matter if you like the behavior or not. They're just going to do it. And if it doesn't matter because they're just running on programs, then it's in your best interest to communicate that you don't really appreciate that type of behavior or you're just not interested in continuing to entertain it, right? I mean, this is the deal. People want to make you happy. And you want to make other people happy because it feels good. There's an energetic and a chemical exchange that happens when you make someone else smile. There's hormones that get set off in your brain. So it feels good. We want to do it. Now, if you don't know what makes you happy, how the fuck is anybody else going to know how to make you happy? It is your job. It is your responsibility to teach other people how to treat you and to teach them what you like and what you don't like. It's your job to create boundaries with them and it's your job to let them know when they're doing something you really like. And this can be challenging because if you have a history of maybe not the best communication or the best experiences or you're shy about being vulnerable, there's always reasons why we are existing the way we are today. But what I'm trying to tell you is that it's completely up to you to change that. Uh, and it's pretty easy. So we got to start to retrain the people around us if you want them to stay in your life. And what I'm doing here is I'm just giving you the motivation. I'm just selling you on the idea that you have the power to change the way people treat you to impact them for the greater good believe it or not people do like to be told what to do um you just have to know how to tell them there's so much variables that can change the way a person receives the information um we can talk about tone we can talk about trigger words the environment you talk in 
the boundaries or the container, the energetic container that you've set up for the conversation or for the relationship. I think many of you may have heard this concept of holding space for something or for people. These are just other terms, but people really enjoy when you give them instructions and they succeed. Now, if they follow the instructions, that's wonderful, but be prepared. So many people will not follow your instructions. And what that will tell you is that they don't value you or they're just incapable of doing so. You'll run into people who aren't emotionally mature enough to handle change or they haven't dealt with their own demons to be able to watch you walk through it. However, having a foundation of what you're willing to deal with and what you're not willing to deal with as far as behaviors, it makes a very clear foundation um, and adjustments for you. And that's easier. When you take away the thought in the moment, it can set you up for a higher level of success because you've already walked yourself through the basically like policies and procedures, right? I mean, that's why companies create policies and procedures and employee manuals is because it's unnecessary to reinvent the wheel every time. And so if I decide that I am no longer going to engage with people who talk about others, um, it's one of my personal policies. I just decided a long time ago because when I lend my ear and my energy to someone else to just rant and talk about another person, you know, nine times out of 10, they don't say it to the other person's face, which I think is just ridiculous. But the other time, it just drains my energy and I'm not getting anything out of it. And the chances that they're going to repeat themselves are so high. Don't you notice that people who complain about stuff, they usually complain about the same thing, right? Like, that's annoying. I don't fucking have time or energy for that. Or another policy that I came up with is I just do not keep people's secrets anymore. You know, I used to take so much pride in, you know, snitches get stitches, like I keep my mouth shut. But what happened is that it rented space in my heart and in my energetic field to keep someone else's like secret. And the problem is that when another person confronted me, I had to deal with, you know, withholding information from someone that had nothing to do with me. So it... Let's just say if you have a container that stores five gallons of water and each secret takes up a gallon of storage and then all of a sudden you, your, your five gallons of storage can only hold two gallons of water and you're having to refill it regularly to get enough water for your body, it's, you, you know, it doesn't really make sense to do that. You're not gaining any value from it. And what's happening is that you're renting out your energetic storage and your emotional storage for other people. Whether you realize it or not, uh, that's what you're doing. And it's unnecessary. Watch this. Stop keeping secrets for people and stop listening to other people vent. And just see how much energy you get back in return. And so what... <laughs> 
when you start to do this, you'll realize that there's times that you want to vent and you want to talk shit or you have a secret that you want someone to keep. And it's a great opportunity to dive a little bit deeper into like, why are you wanting to act that way? What is it going to feel? What need is it going to feel for your behavior to match that? Because that's really what we're getting at is our needs and what we value. Because there's wants, there's a bunch of different wants that you can have, but the wants don't really fucking matter if you don't know why you're doing the things you do. Because you don't even know why you're wanting the things you want. You know, is it someone else's belief that you adopted to say like, oh, I want a big house and I want a big yard. Okay, but do you want to take care of the fucking yard? Right? Like nobody is really asking these questions until you get older. But when you're older and you're able to gain the responsibility, um, it's a little too late because these patterns in our brain, like they're hardwired by the time we reach the opportunity to deal with the responsibility. And it goes full circle. How so? Well, it's because we're having society put these expectations on us and then we're following through because we like to be told what to do. And if you tell me what to do and I think I'm going to be happy because I'm following your instructions, I'm going to do it. But unfortunately, it just the ideas that society has and that we have in our relationships, they don't bring us true happiness. So this is why we're going to dig deep and get very real and intimate with ourselves. Who are you? Like, what do you stand for? If you were dead tired, you know, you just worked a, you know, body breaking day or you're so mentally exhausted, what would you still have the energy to do? I mean, if you're a parent, then you know, like, you have energy to take care of your children, but some days you don't. So take away all of these extra things that you identify yourself with. What I mean is this. If someone says, Lakin, who are you? And I say, oh, I'm a mom. I'm a business owner. Um, I'm a coach. I'm a mentor. Okay, well, let's stop that. Let's talk about, like, that's not who I am. Those are jobs that I do. That's, like, how I show up for other people. But that's not who I am. If I was completely by myself, would I still identify myself as that? It would seem weird because you can't really say you're a mentor unless you have someone that you're mentoring. And I'm not asking you to explain who you are with other people. I'm asking you to figure out who you are with yourself. Because that's where the connection starts to build. And this is where your confidence is going to come from. And when we start to ask these questions, a lot of our trauma goes away because we realize that we're not that old person anymore. We don't have to have it. Or let's just say we had an unjust situation happen to us. We don't have to hold on to that and perpetuate anxiety and fear and self-sabotage just to prove a point that we were treated unfairly. I mean, figuring out who we are allows us to release all the shitty stuff that's happened to us. What I would say to who is Lakin, I like to learn. I like to read. I like to push my own mental boundaries and emotional boundaries. 
I like to connect with things outside of myself and I like to think and do art. These are all things that I would do with or without anybody else and I don't identify with a title with those. I mean, they're all descriptive words. How do I like to show up for people? I like to help, but I have rules about how I help because I know that it drains my energy if I show up for someone the wrong way. That's not true. That's not like authentically myself. Similar to keeping secrets. I just don't do it. So I have boundaries and I have rules of engagement that I always operate on with other people and different people in my life hold different rules of engagement. So my kids have a different set of rules on how to interact with me and the significant other in my life has a different rules of engagement as well as my friend and my parents, you know, and that's okay because I'm in charge of that because it works for me. But Having boundaries is very important. There's soft boundaries and there's hard boundaries. And being able to identify between the two makes your life so much easier. And I don't want to go into too much of that right now because I don't want to overload you guys with information. But a hard boundary are the absolute nots. No matter who you're dealing with or when it's happening, you're not down with the situation. Let's say maybe like stealing from someone or cheating on your significant other. Now, soft boundaries are a little bit more flexible where it has a lot of variables. It depends, right? Like, so the father of my kids is in our life. And when my kids ask me about him, I don't lie to them, but I sure as hell do not tell them why right? Because that's my job to frame information for them that's in their best interest, right? That helps create and support a healthy individual. Now, when my boyfriend asks why he's not in my life, believe me, I'm telling him all of it. Um, Because I like being honest And it helps with validating kind of where I'm coming from or if I need to look at it from a different view. But it depends who I'm talking to with what type of information I'm sharing. I'm not obligated to share my deep information to everybody and anybody. In fact, it's my job to choose who gets that information about me. So that's just an example of a soft boundary. Now, all these things that I've talked about today are tools. You don't have to be an expert in all of them to have a successful relationship and you don't even have to understand all of it. But I'm giving you a lot of different information so that you can pick and choose what works best for you. Do me a favor. After you listen to this, go and look in the mirror and make eye contact with yourself and just observe the feelings, and the thoughts that are running through your head. This will give you a really good baseline of where you should start. Now, you might realize that you have some low self-esteem stuff going on, or some false pride, or maybe some codependencies 
tendencies that are coming up presenting themselves to you listen I had them all and I still work on them right I still have times where some of my tendencies pop back up and I have to handle them but it's so easy today so I would just pick one pattern one thought pattern that keeps popping up to you and then plug that thought pattern into your relationships and see what are the pros and cons of having that, right? Because there's something you're gaining from continuing to act or believe or think the way you are. There is. And it might be attention. It might be security. It might be, you know, you keeping a relationship that you should have let it let go because you don't want to be alone. So just start to think and look at it. And then after you do that for a couple days, take a moment to think, if you had the best world and the best life, what would that exact relationship look like? How would they treat you? How would you treat them? And what are some of the cool things you guys would go and do? How would you interact with each other? How would you interact with the world? Because what we're going to get into is co-creating. We co-create with a person that we choose, whoever we're existing with at that time and place. So they all change. It's not just a romantic partner. You know, I co-create with my mom, with my kids, with my softball team, etc. Because it's your responsibility to start to sketch out the world you want to create. Because if you don't have a vision You will continue to stay in the same patterns, living the same type of life, having the same type of relationships you've been. And I promise you, there's so much more you can be getting and giving. There's no secret that many people relate the amount of giving you do to your happiness. But what I would say is... Why don't you give away the stuff you're actually supposed to? I mean, do a little work, do a little research and identify what your best skill and trait is and then give that away because that's actually what people need. They don't need all your other bullshit. They just need the one thing that you're good at. That's why all humans are different because we all have different skills. And if we work together, we create, you know, a masterpiece. But let me wrap this up. Some key takeaways from today. It's not your fault you keep attracting the same pattern in your relationships or the same interactions with people. But it is your responsibility to identify what you are doing and how to fix it. Now, I'm giving you information on how to fix it. It's easy to look at a relationship as an energy exchange because it removes the emotional connection to all of your mistakes and all of your proud moments. And so it removes you from being in your relationship to looking at it. And that helps. The separation creates room for growth. So then we're getting into the questions, right? Who are you in three to five relationships? How do you show up for other people in those specific relationships? And how are they showing up for you? That's important because you're going to be able to see what your standards are in interactions and in relationships. Most times, people need to raise their standards and it would change the way people treat them. But how do you do that? 
Well, you have to learn how to communicate what you want to people. But if you don't know what you want or what you need, it's really difficult to communicate anything. So we know most people love to be told what to do because they like to succeed and they like to be happy. And when I'm giving someone directions on how to make me happy, it makes me happy and it makes them happy. Now, we also learn that it's important how you say things, um, but you're able to say anything. We talked a little bit about boundaries for yourself, rules of engagement for other people, but I think the, the main thing is to recognize your motivation behind doing the things you're doing. You know, identify what drives you, why you want to do the things you're doing, and that will just create a bunch of clarity around all of this, you know, clutter that's going on in your universe. It will simplify things for you and it will make it really easy to communicate to anyone because all of a sudden your mind isn't cloudy. You're very clear. You have an intentional purpose on why you're doing the things you are. You will become magnetic. People will be drawn to you because you will put off a huge amount of confidence and people like that. Do me a favor. Buy a journal and write on it. I am becoming blank. And it's up to you to fill in that blank. So as far as I went in the depths of my addiction, when the pendulum finally swung, it went to vast heights. And I noticed that I found all of that in a lot of my relationships. If you know anybody out there who's suffering, struggling with boundaries and relationships, even after recovery, please send them my way. I look forward to sharing all of what I know about people in relationship uh, with you guys, keeping our principles in mind.